You're listening to Episcopal Youth Ministry in ATL. Hello and welcome back to Episcopal Youth Ministry in ATL. My name is Matt. I'm here with Wallace and Ashley. Hey, And y'all, I have a question to wake us up. It is breakfast time when we're recording this, so I have a breakfast-themed question. Recently, the uh, the record for most amount of mayonnaise consumed in three minutes was broken by a lady. It was 3.5 jars of mayo oh in gosh. three minutes. Okay. And I want to know, how many jars of mayonnaise could you eat in three minutes? I am sorry. I'm feeling <laughs> ill. <laughs> so that's zero for me. You couldn't do like three spoonfuls. I'm, I'm seriously of straight gagging. mayonnaise. <laughs> no, no. Mm-mm. What about olive oil mayonnaise? No. The best flavored mayonnaise. No. I would not have any spoonfuls of mayonnaise. I would have one more spoonful than you would have. <laughs> <laughs> so if I did five, you would have six. Oh, yeah. Like on principle, I would be like, you know what? I can. <laughs> what if we reached like a never ending loop? Oh, well. Where I just had to beat you. Well. We're going to move on because Ashley looks like. This will be my like, last time on the podcast. She's about to faint. Let's think about something happier. Like, how? what is the record for waffles eaten? I don't know. I didn't come prepared with that. You like waffles. See? Yeah, love those. Just brought us all back. I might have broken the record for them. <laughs> so we wanted to talk today about uh, failures in ministry and some things that we have we have swung for and just completely whiffed on. And so I'm curious to hear what y'all have, because I have a few varying in ranges of minor failure to me walking out and being like, what did I just do? Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. So first, let's just talk about like, are failures in ministry common? Because I feel like a lot of people, a lot of youth ministers that I talk to often are like, what am I doing? Is it is, is what I'm doing relevant or are people just like sitting there politely? Yeah. So talk to me a little bit about kind of where you've struggled with failures in youth ministry. I think for me, at least, it's always the um, I, I didn't prep properly or I didn't do necessarily background research beforehand. So and I'm, I'm not going to talk about the one that comes to mind as like a huge failure. Um, but I noticed that looking back, I thought one thing. And then as we were experiencing this experience together, clearly if I had, I don't know, looked in the proper location, I could have seen that this was a just going to be a big mistake. Also, I am now like really trying to hype up what my mistake was because it was it's a it's everybody else who especially if you're older than me. So if you are we're going to say uh, 29.9 years old and older, oh, you will then <laughs> you will then say, man, Wallace, you're kind of dumb. And I'm willing to take that. I was also 23 and dumb. Did it involve setting off the fire alarm? Okay. <laughs> Too soon. <laughs> uh, I recently set off the fire alarm at, at church trying to cook bacon for the youth group. So that's my, that's my... <laughs> personal silly failure i think that failure is really really important and i think it's absolutely necessary in ministry across the board not just in youth ministry i think failure is a sign that you're taking risks and you're not just doing the same old stuff you're not playing it safe you are thinking outside the box and and you know gambling a little bit and i think that is 
it's from from those risks that really great success comes and also super duper failure um and if you're lucky enough to be in a context that lets you experiment and lets you fail then i think the benefits outweigh the sort of shame and embarrassment that comes with the failures uh so i think if you're not failing then you're probably not doing youth ministry as well as you could because you're not taking any risks I was also going to say, I think learning from those from yeah. those failures is absolutely important. So for me, we were, we were just doing Enneagrams yesterday in one of our youth worker meetings. And uh, and for me, looking at where and I use this, I use the term driver, but it's also kind of my biggest fear is, is that idea of shame. Uh, and so for me, like there's a lot of those failures that I look back and I say, OK, I do not want this to ever happen again. Mm -hmm. How can I avoid this from happening? Because I did not like the way this felt Mm -hmm. where everyone was every, or in my mind, everyone was chuckling at me because I was a chucklehead. Mm -hmm. See, mine is, I do a lot of pre-thinking of like, okay, we're going to go on this trip. What am I going to do if a tire goes flat? Right. What if a kid doesn't show up? What if this doesn't happen? Mm -hmm. And like, I spend so much time preventing failure that, I like forget what I'm doing there. Um, and it's just, I mean, there's a lot of anxiety. Like I deal with a lot of anxiety with my job about do people like me? Do they really like me? Or are they just saying that they like me for the sake of maintaining the status quo? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Am Sounds I doing, like a two behavior right here. I don't know any of these things. I have a book to read. Easton gave me a book about this. <laughs> Good. I'm a quarter of the way through. Oh. Yeah. But... Um, yeah, I think failure is is tough for me because I equate it with like my own self worth for sure. Um, and so if I swing and miss at something, it's like, well, I suck. Yep. And I'm not any good at this. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Do y'all? How closely do y'all associate like what you do at work to your self worth as far as like when it comes to failure? One thousand percent. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm like looking for jobs at. <laughs> sprouts when I fail yeah. you know like <laughs> I'm always like I gotta get out of this this isn't this isn't the line of work for me and yeah I mean it feels like this totally gut-wrenching stomach punch when it's all my fault there's nobody else to blame yeah you know I mean some of it is like like what I was saying before with the risk because I mean some of that you go into it like this could totally fail and if you can get in that mindset beforehand then it's helpful on the other end but when you're confident and you know that this is going to be a slam dunk and it just totally tanks it's like wow yeah i i don't know what i'm doing and it is really really hard to separate that from your self-worth especially if a bunch of other people notice it and know that it was a fail i think and as we as and I like that we're having this discussion about failure in the and I think in, in a lighthearted way in a positive way but as I think about failures uh, in my life or times that I felt like I failed or that other people told me that I failed that I failed and then there was some type of repercussion uh, mm-hmm. that usually that was a negative one mm-hmm. I think it was really hard for me to differentiate between me failing and I can eventually move forward in life sure or from I failed the community that I was with or I failed the church in general or I failed God. And so therefore I think that really affected my self-worth and like how I viewed, how I viewed myself in those moments. And so, you know, I think that maybe later in this conversation or at another time, 
uh, I kind of want to revisit that because I think that there is something about uh, kind of allowing ourselves to uh, to not necessarily invest in our failures nearly as much so yeah. then we can move forward or or at least making sure that our failures aren't hindrances for the rest of our ministries in in the future. We're also lucky to work in churches, right, mm. where people are tend to be pretty forgiving. <laughs> you know, at, le- at least I you know, in my context, I've all of my churches have been pretty sweet about, you know, when I when I have to send that email that's like, "Okay, so we forgot to reserve the vans and so we've got to think of a game plan and and asking for help, I think when you're in the midst of a big failure, it's really a beautiful way to bring folks together, and they often do step up. And parents will, okay, I'll throw in another fifty bucks, or we'll figure. Here's my minivan, or whatever, you know. And it's yeah. like they, I think it gives, it gives the community a chance to come together. And it's this, yeah, it's vulnerable and it's scary, but also then it reminds everybody that you're human and you're not some superhero youth leader, and you know you need help just like everybody else. And and so there's kind of some beauty in it you know that we work in churches not you know in operating rooms where there's there is some room for failure <laughs> yeah i mean really if you fail at taking this man's heart out <laughs> yeah it's not gonna be good it just slipped out of my hands <laughs> <laughs> oh well failure um but like i you know i i struggle with it because like i don't know what it is about the church or church work that makes this, at least for me, this like intense amount of shame if something's not perfect. And I go into it thinking like, like I can't tell you how many times I've walked into a Bible study or EYC or like a Sunday lesson that I'm really jazzed about. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yes, this is it. We're going to have people committing themselves to Christ, <laughs> even though like I, I don't do that. Right. Like this is going to be the <laughs> spiritual awakening that's uh-huh. going to move Marietta. And we're going to have to build a brand new building for youth <laughs> ministry. And then I walk in and I like give my my thing and I ask what they think. And they're like, I don't know. I like bacon. <laughs> right. And then it's just like, you know, the wind has died. Uh-huh. Yeah. You know, I am stranded in the middle of the ocean. Like I don't. And, and I look at like Jesus in the Gospels and I mean, I don't think he fails in anything as much as he does mm-hmm. things that maybe we don't understand. Yeah. So I don't know what it is about church work that like, or maybe it's just a personality thing that mm-hmm. amps it up so much. And then the other side of that is once the roller coaster drops, it's like the pit of the abyss, put on your sackcloth and rub yeah. dirt on yourself. I think that, and I think that it is part of part of the nature as representatives of the church or representatives of, you know, Simply putting ourselves in this context of like, ah, we're representatives of God, so therefore, everything we do should be good, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> which doesn't which isn't, doesn't necessarily always line up. Uh, there are going to be times where where you know we roll in, we're not prepared, and we make magic, and it's and there's it's great. God's working with us. We're all vibing together, and we're like, yeah. And then there are those other times where we do, we prepare uh, and we're ready and we go in and, and we think that we're absolutely brilliant and there are misfires that happen mm-hmm. and there are, and I think at least for me, like I walk away from those and I, you know, and I kind of say, well, shoot, <laughs> I, I tried, I tried really hard, but apparently it wasn't good enough. 
And I think that's when I go in that idea of like, okay, so it wasn't good enough. So therefore my thoughts weren't good enough. So therefore my lesson planning wasn't good enough. Mm -hmm. I'm not good enough. And so I think that, that it is a very quick spiral that happens that, that I know that I have to constantly try to keep myself out of. Uh, and usually when I'm stressed out, it's, it becomes a, already stressed out. Then I think that spiral becomes bigger and bigger. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that that's one of the, one of the struggles that, that I know that I have. And I would assume that a lot of people who listen to this podcast also experience as well. And so I think it's really, it's really beneficial for us to find ways to either talk about that uh, or, you know, pray about that or have a, uh, have somebody who you work with, who you can talk to and just say, Hey, like somebody who you work with or a partner or friends who you can say, Hey, like I really tried and it didn't work out the way that I, that I wanted to. How help me get through this because I need to process this differently. I find that I am much more forgiving with myself when a when a lesson doesn't work, for example, because I think that the walking into a room of teenagers, you absolutely (laughs) (laughs) never know what you're going to get. I mean, you just you never know. And and so it's kind of like, I mean. You know, if the stars are aligned and Mercury's in retrograde and everybody's wearing red socks, then it's going to be a great day, you know, but it's you just you you absolutely never know. And so that for me, I'm like, I don't and they don't really care one way or another. Right. And so that that doesn't affect me nearly as much as failures that are more to do with programming and and sort of the, the practical side of what we do. That's like where the parents know about the mistake or where the my boss finds out or, you know, the whole church ends up figuring out that, that I've not done something, not thought through something, whatever. But it's like you, you really can't control the temperature in a room full of teenagers. You know, it's like preaching is the same way. It's like I can preach this rock star sermon and in one church it'll be great and in another, it'll, another church it'll fall totally flat, you know, yeah. and it's just that kind of stuff I think you can't get hung up on because it's – it's totally out of our control. I mean, you can be prepared, obviously, but but for me, all of the failures that I can think of are all sort of, I didn't think 10 steps through that. I only thought five steps through that, and yeah. then I looked dumb. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like mm-hmm. that's, that's where I land. But I think some forgiveness is in order for the for the stuff, the formation pieces where yeah. where you have to have the right energy in a room. And it may just be like, this took me a while to realize there are just some times where the youth who come into the room are just like they need they need a night to just scream. Yeah. I yeah. mean, and I can come in with like this really great lesson. But, you know, formation is such like a two way street. And I think people forget that of you have to be willing to listen to what they want and what they're ready for. Yeah. Adaptability. Uh, I yes. think I think my my greatest failures have been when I've been unwilling to adapt to the situation as is. It's like, I've decided that this is what we're going to do. And even though it seems like it's not going to work, we're going to do it anyway, because this is what I've planned. I'm put the team on my back. <laughs> exactly. And, and and it doesn't work, you know, and if I if I have failed to read the room or something like that, then then it doesn't work. But and that's my own stubbornness. Interesting. I didn't think about it like that until you just said that. I also wonder, like I look back at the youth ministry things that were influential in my life. Like my youth leader, Miss Debbie, awesome youth leader. I don't recall a single thing that she failed at. Right. So in my mind, like the spiritual influencers of me growing up, 
I don't think I ever had a conversation where I was like, boy, I really swung and missed at that one. Yeah. Like the mystique of youth ministry was like, mm-hmm. you know, watching a play. Yep. I was just captivated the entire time. Um, so I also wonder how much of like our past seeing things from the front rather than the back mm-hmm. influences how we look at things. Yeah. You know, as you said that, I was thinking about the the two most important people in my life uh, probably for 20, 24 years. Uh, so we're past past 18, even throughout college would be, would be my parents. And even when, and looking back, like even when I knew that they failed at things, I don't think I always, I don't think I process that as failure. Mm-hmm. I just process that as, oh, these are things that like, that my parents did and okay, moving forward and we're just going to keep going. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and I think there's a lot of, or even, you know, like you said, Miss Debbie, uh, the Miss Debbies in my life, uh, whether those were youth leaders or I have to be very careful because uh, my youth leader is still in my diocese and I love her and she's amazing. <laughs> love you, Sally. Um, <laughs> but uh, but also my my priest growing up and, and all of these other people who I'm sure failed and I'm sure mm-hmm. I got to see that. I'm sur- sure that I witnessed that. But I don't think I ever processed that as failure. I think I processed that as, oh, like that's that's what you do, and okay, now we're moving forward onto the mm-hmm. next thing, and and I think that when when we fail, it, it's it it's one of the things that I know that like I said I struggle with, but I think it's kind of expected of us is like okay, so we failed, you messed up, you done messed up, now it's time to move forward, yeah, uh, and that's all you can really do. And hopefully say, like, I'm not going to fail at least in the same way, the same exact way again tomorrow um, or later on down the down the line. I feel like I can really only remember youth leaders or teachers or whoever, like getting lost, you know, while Mm -hmm. driving somewhere and and that being sort of a fun failure. You know, those are just the stakes are, are low. Yeah, right. Exactly. And. And it's like, I'm sure that that grownup was losing their mind in the moment we were off schedule and we were who knows where, but we all thought it was funny and fun. Yeah. And, you know, we were hanging out in the bus or whatever. And, and like, and I know that those moments, I mean, I still have kids who 10 years ago reflect back to me. Remember when you got the van stuck in the, on the dirt road, you know, and it's like, yeah, yes, I do. And, <laughs> and I, I don't want to remember. Right, that. <laughs> I wanted to cry in that moment, but you all had this hilarious time and, we put B.O.B. on the radio and just worked it out, you know, and it was like, okay. Wait, wait, the song or the artist? Because the artist, both are solid. The artist, yeah. Um, and it was like this funny memory, but I, but it, in my mind, it was this horrible epic fail that was really didn't, didn't go well. Yeah. But but there, but those are the only things I remember from even being a kid are the mm-hmm. are the ones that resulted in this actual sweet positive memory. You know, I don't have any negative, oh, you really screwed that up, grown up moments. So coming out of failure, what do you want as far as like to move on? Do you want someone to be like, it's okay, you'll figure it out and like boost you up? Or do you want somebody who will get into the nitty gritty with you and pick apart that failure? Mm. Or do you just want somebody to hug you? Both. (laughs) I think I think I really like uh, the times where I can unpack. Mm. Uh, and I think that sometimes sometimes that requires me to initiate and to reach out to someone. Uh, I'm there was a there was a time period where 
I was between churches and uh, there was a lot of stuff that I think I was trying to figure out. And it took a really long time for me to even go and reach out to people to unpack those things. Uh, and, and, and that was hard, but I think that it was really beneficial for me to at least have those opportunities to unpack. And I think I still am unpacking some of those, uh, some of the uh, situations that happened. I'm still trying to still breaking those down with people and saying like, Hey, like I remember this thing happening. What do you think I could have done differently? How do you think I could have uh, handled that differently? Whatever. Um, I think that it's really important to find people, at least for me, to find people to like break those down, to say, to like challenge you on like why you did this in one way and then what you, what could, how you could have handled it differently or how you could have prepared for it differently in the future. Sometimes I also want somebody who's just going to like sit there and listen and then at the end be like, yeah, that sounds dumb (laughs) or that sounds silly. Mm-hmm. But I get it. I get why you did that. But maybe next time you should just not. <laughs> so I can remember being 21, brand new youth minister, and I scheduled a youth event after church one Sunday that also happened to be the Sunday that they were going to train ac- the acolytes. And I just didn't know. I didn't pay attention to the, that they had already planned the acolyte thing. And I had my boss at the time, my favorite v- boss I've ever had was this really scary old man. Um, he was a POW in Nam. He, I mean, he was just like this. And I mean, he was a, uh, yeah, terrifying. And he would get really, 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 really angry first. That was his, his first reaction always. And so he, when he f- learned that I had this scheduling conflict, he pulled me in his office and he said, if your position is youth coordinator, it's about time you start doing some coordinating. And that's all he said. And he was red in the face. And I just burst into tears and ran out of his office because it was terrifying. And he yelled and I messed up. And it was, you know, all of the horrible things. And so then I had to sort of crawl in a hole for, you know, a week or so. And then I came out of it and I was okay. And, you know, I moved on and, and we went, I went back to him and said, okay, help me here. You know, like, who do I need to know? Who do I need to talk to before I make the calendar? And what are, who are all the players here? And, and how do we make this not ever happen again? Um, and we did, and we worked through it together. But his anger paired with my embarrassment made for this awful moment. And, mm-hmm. I, and in that moment, I needed just a hug and a place to cry and be sad and feel stupid and bad for myself. But then later, we were able to to work it out. So I think there's like the, in the initial moments after the failure, it's not the time to unpack it. You gotta, you gotta let, let that go. Let for, yeah, exactly. Cause it really is. I mean, there's no feeling quite like that embarrassment and, and just, ugh, that I messed up, you know, and you can't think rationally, I think in those moments. Hmm. So I do, I think to answer your question, it's a both and thing. Yeah. For me, like I'm my hardest critic. Like I know uh-huh. exactly what happened. Yep. I know where I messed up. I can give you a 12 page thesis on everything that I did wrong from the moment I stepped in the room. So what I don't want in those situations, and I think it's different for everyone. What I don't want is somebody recounting. Yeah, this is what you did wrong. Like, right. Yes, I know. I, know that. I am not an idiot. <laughs> um, honestly, what I want when I fail at something is somebody to say it wasn't that bad. Yeah. I think like, it also you're freaking is, out, out over it. It really was not as bad as you're making it out yeah. to be. You're good. You're fine. It's also the trust level. Mm. So I think the longer, so say the longer you've been with somebody, the more you're willing to hear that. 
they to have those discussions afterwards. I think when, you know, when, for instance, when I first started working at St. David's, uh, even though I, I really like, really respect and like my, uh, the two priests in charge, if they talk to me about my failures, I don't think I was, I don't think I was in a place where I, like, mm. even if, even if they were like tiny things, mm-hmm. I was gonna, I was my harshest critic. And also if they talk to me about it, I would just be like, okay, cool. I don't need you to, because we're not at that place yet. Mm-hmm. I don't trust you yet to have a conversation about this. But I think over time, like I can now sit down and unpack with, with mother Michelle and be like, okay, like this is what happened. This is what I saw. What did you see? How do you think we could have done this differently? Because I've built that level of trust and respect. Uh, and, and hopefully like she has on her end as well. Mm-hmm. And so I think it, that's really important as well when you're having, especially with people who, who are your, your boss or your superior, um, superiors in your office i think it's really important to have that trust before you start jumping in uh to any type of conversation um other than do you just want to sit and cry in my office real quick mm-hmm. <laughs> um or here's a donut yeah <laughs> hopefully this will make you feel better so i think something that our bishop has taught me is um to sort of never assume that everything is going perfectly and to all the time be checking checking the pulse and after every single thing you do say what could we have done better there because because there is no such thing as a perfect youth event there's no such thing as a perfect sermon there's no such thing as perfect period right outside of jesus and so it's like getting in the habit of always asking how could i have done that better helps to not think of anything really as a failure so much as just an opportunity to grow and learn and do more and so it's like before we try anything, I always email my youth leaders. I'm like, this is the plan. Let me know now if you have any ideas. And then follow up afterwards and say, thanks for all your help. What could we have done differently? And lots of times nobody responds and whatever. But it's at least we're, I'm training myself to to always be ready to hear that feedback and always be ready to rethink things so that it doesn't feel like, you know, Oh, I'm amazing. I'm perfect. I achieved greatness in that. And it also doesn't feel so bad when when things don't go perfectly and you do have to critique mm. it. But it's sort of a habit that you have to develop. Yeah. Um, I was going to say it took a really long time for me to be able to listen mm-hmm. and for and for me to not want to be defensive. <laughs> and I think that probably also um, circumstantial. Uh, but I think when when I moved back to the diocese of Atlanta, like that's when like I was like, okay, I can just sit back and listen. And I can listen to like, okay, here are things, here are things that I've messed up on or here are things that I could work on. Uh, and then moving into situations where like I was willing to hear um, reflection, uh, whether that was listen to myself or my own self-reflection or listen to other people um, and hear like, okay, like you heard me say this this is what this is actually what I meant, and I messed up on how I was trying to communicate that. Like I think I've, I'm more over time. It's taken me a, it's taken me a while to admit that I wasn't always great at listening. Um, but it, <laughs> but I think now I'm a, trying to be a lot better about sitting back and being like, okay, like let me hear what um, what I could do better uh, from my from my parents, from my youth, uh, from my bosses, and and I think that that's at least right now at St. David's is making, um, making this experience a lot, a lot richer, a lot better. 
So let's go into specifics because I know we've all come up with some kind of story that we have failed at. Who wants to start? I can. Okay. So day two. So imagine Dragons. bright-eyed, bushy-tailed uh, Wallace at age 23 or 24. Um, and it's my second day at St. Edward's. And I was like, all right, we're going to just do like a movie day because we're kind of still trying to get to know each other. And, and let's just like, we're still feeling each other out. And so I pick up a movie and I'm like, all right, this is going to be good. Like, it's on ABC Family, so it's got to be legit like this. Because, you know, Disney. Did you not pre-screen the Hold movie? Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, yeah, I watched it on, <laughs> on ABC Family. You know, so in, you know, it didn't necessarily process other things. And so, like I said, I was real dumb. <laughs> and so <laughs> we're like watching this movie. And like a language thing happened in the second scene. And so I was kind of like, well, that's maybe saying in the back of my head, like kids use these words. <laughs> well, I think I said, huh, that's weird. <laughs> and then, then the very next scene is, um, is the, is a, an image of the mother of this family, uh, who's on vacation, um, taking a shower, um, where you see a lot more than you probably should Would see on ABC and, family. <laughs> on ABC family. And so, um, that was when I was like, we're just going to stop and we're going to play some games. Like, let's go. <laughs> and so um, that's when I realized that um, National Lampoon's Family Vacation is not the most appropriate for lots of people. Uh, what? <laughs> nope. I, like I said, real dumb. <laughs> you didn't even get to the best parts of the movie. Yeah, we missed out on a lot. We didn't even get to Las Vegas. <laughs> Can you go back to that? <laughs> Can you go back to that movie and watch it outside of you? I can't. Now? I can't do it. Yeah, I don't. I can't even watch Christmas Vacation because, like, (laughs) because it stresses me out so much. The Griswold family is dead to me. (laughs) Wow, that's see. Yeah, everybody's got something like that, right? I think. Did you get emails from parents or Uh, no? I think. um, I think they knew that I knew that I was dumb. (laughs) (laughs) He took the L on this one. (laughs) Like, like I think I was publicly like done, messed up. Yep, and we can just. Please let, let let us just move forward. We will not we will not do yep. this again. <laughs> I would have a hundred percent gone ahead and sent an email that threw myself under the bus and been like, just so you know, this happened. I'm really, really sorry. And then it would have been I would have been so extreme and dramatic about it in the email that everybody would have for, yeah, for three years. It, yep. Everybody would write back and be like, It's fine. <laughs> I think I like I think I said something to the parents when they got there and I was like, I'm just gonna say that I was real real dumb. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm young, and I don't know what I'm doing. So what did you... <laughs> Give me another week. <laughs> what did you do coming out of that to make sure, to, like, grow from it? Oh. Um, Besides never put on a Chevy Chase movie. Yeah. So <laughs> step one. Uh, I think... So for me, I'm definitely a lot more attuned as to <laughs> as to films. But, yeah, I think I'm I'm more willing to be like, let's pre-screen this bad boy. Um, <laughs> but I, Bad Boys? Yeah, Bad Boys 2, because <laughs> that's the best one. Uh, but I also think that I am... What I've noticed is that when when I do show films, usually it's off of Netflix, and I think I usually will just go ahead and like put on that kid's uh, filter, um, and before I do any before I do anything else, so then there's kind of already that filter ready to go before I show like a film for like at our lock-ins or something Mm -hmm. like that. Um, 
There are so many to choose from. I really don't know. Uh, we were joking, of course, before we started that we don't have any failures, but we do. Um, I, <laughs> here, I can think of one that sort of made me feel the most embarrassed. Uh, so we did this activity in youth group where each kid painted uh, like what would be their flag if they were a country, if their personality was a country, they made their own flag. And they were, you know, cool, and they ended up really beautiful and artistic and whatever. And so I for youth Sunday, I affixed them to little dowel rods. And when the when the kids were going to process in for youth Sunday, they all had their flags. And so it was kind of this neat, beautiful thing. Um, and right before the service, I thought, what are they going to do with their flags once they get in? I mean, I was I hadn't thought about it until maybe 15 minutes before the service. And so then I found an umbrella holder and thought, great, this will be fine. Um, but there were like 30 kids maybe plus and um the umbrella holder had holes in the side and Ugh. so as the kids like these it was like this wire i mean it was like sort of these strips of metal that made the holder and so the kids came in and the first couple went in just fine but then you know somebody's poked out one side and another person's poked out another side and eventually there was this like nest of dowel rods <laughs> and and none of the other kids could fit theirs in and so the but the procession is still happening and so in front of i don't know 300 350 people on sunday morning the kids are just like jamming these dowel rods in and like it's all held up and the choir's behind them and the, obviously the another priest verse to the song yes i mean the the organist is no, they're, improvising they're only, they're only doing three verses that day so it was, it, it was one three five but they've gone back to two and four it was it i mean it went on for literal minutes i mean it was it was hard Horrible. And no joke, the organist was having to improvise in between each verse because things were not progressing. And there were multiple adults up there trying to fix the situation. <laughs> and and so then finally, somebody was like, just take it away. And I was like, oh, yeah, good idea. And so then somebody took the umbrella holder away. And then still, I needed for them to put their flag somewhere you were in my mind. For that. So the I just had not been stood solved. there. It had just been moved. Yeah, right. I just stood there and faced the whole congregation. And I uh, I grabbed the flags and I'm and just watching everybody and like why they couldn't have just gone to their seats with the flags I don't know they weren't huge they could have just held them but it was mortifying and I mean it like held up the liturgy I mean it was this whole thing and you know I'm gonna do that with my youth now just so that I gotta watch this <laughs> yeah it was it was good but what I what I remember really and what I have carried forever and ever is to think through all of the logistical steps of things because yeah. it's i mean that was just one little you know whatever and but it needed to be thought through and it needed a good plan and something that would work and and i didn't think about it and so it helped me and i mean it's just bled into all of my whole life is to think a hundred steps through every single process that's going to happen um because really just takes one time to learn one mm. one deep embarrassing moment <laughs> where you have to stand in front of everyone yep you don't have to but because you're unwilling to let go of the idea of the yep mm -hmm. yep so mine uh was when i was it was my first youth ministry job and i was taking the youth on their first mission trip to washington dc and i was super excited and how uh, excited were oh is that a that That's wasn't my a bit. Joke. <laughs> this isn't a bit. <laughs> so I like planned everything. I was like 20 at the time. Um, and we were going to do like mission work with two organizations. And we get there for the first day. 
and it's at the building and we get to the door and they've shut down and like did not get an email, <laughs> did not get a phone call. Just that nonprofit shut down and decided, you know, forget everyone. So I'm like, okay, what do I do? I'm in the deep part of DC. Ah, uh, <laughs> that's what the D stands for. <laughs> yeah. Without any, like there's seven subways uh, and four Starbucks mm-hmm. around. So I was like, who wants to go to Starbucks while I figure out what we're going to do? So that was day one. We ended up like going to the museums. Was this like pre-good smartphones? This was 2010. Yeah. So pre-good smartphones. Yeah. The iPod Touch was really big, I think. Uh, Nice. Um, Dang. So first day, first mission one, that fails. We just go like to the museums, I think. And the youth were like. They were just happy to be with each other. Right, yeah. Oh, Meanwhile, cute. I'm like, Ugh. Yeah. Wow. Um, that's also the day that my volunteer turned the wrong way down a one-way street. Nice. Yeah. Uh, and everybody screamed. <laughs> yeah, like in laughter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So next day, I'm like, okay, here we go. New day. You know, I've, I've looked at the website. It's still up. It still has the address of where we're supposed to go. We get in the cars. We go. They have moved locations out of D.C. to another <gasps> city in, like, Virginia. Oh, no. And I'm like, well, now what? Oh. So I feel felt like a massive failure that, like, the two mission places I'd planned yeah. upped and left. I feel like you're a failure. And didn't communicate. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, that's not supportive. <laughs> I mean, meanwhile, like, we went to the Lincoln Memorial, and the coolest thing the kids did on that trip was plank on the steps of the Lincoln Memorial. Nice. And and still, I'm like, sure they were not obnoxious at all. No, not at all. Mm-mm. Um, wow. Yeah. But it was still a good trip. third day. That was going to be our tourist day. Got it. Golly. That was (laughs) a short trip. Um, I'm stressed out hearing that story. (laughs) But like, you know, I think back short of brand new youth leader, 20 year old Matt Mm -hmm. calling and not and not trusting the people Mm -hmm. that had said three months ago. Oh, yeah, come on down. We'll have your kids sort food and blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. Like now I call the mission places, you know, the week before we go just to confirm. Right. Hey, here's how many people we're bringing, you know. But it's not like in youth ministry, Miss Debbie, when she took us somewhere, was like, (laughs) I have called the proper people. (laughs) And I logged that in my mind. But honestly, that trip was great for what it was. I mean, the, the youth still had fun. Right. They still have memories about it. They still, you know, a, a picture will come up on Facebook and they'll be like, remember when such and such? That's also the trip I took a kid. We took a, a group to the Holocaust Museum, which was mm. super powerful. Mm-hmm. But planking was a thing. No. And as we no, passed no, 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 through no. something, one no. of my kids was like, do you think I could plank on that? No, no, no. And I was like, William, not the time. No, no, no. Anyway, no. so he's at Swanee now becoming a priest. Oh, planking. <laughs> that's oh, that's yeah. what his ministry is about, oh, planking. Planking. Yeah. I was wow. like, it was one of those trips where like, Anything that could go wrong on mm-hmm. levels of small mm-hmm. to big could. Mm-hmm. That sounds like my first orchestra trip uh, in high school where we were supposed to go for a competition in Chicago. And the competition, I guess, didn't get enough entries. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and my orchestra teacher said, well, we're still going to go to Chicago. Hold up a sec. <laughs> and we... Like, it was great because I didn't have to pack the base. And so I was like, all right, like, 
don't have to worry about this giant instrument and walking it through sh- the streets of Chicago. Hashtag winning. Um, and, wow. <laughs> and so we just, we did everything else besides play music that, that week. It was great. I've got a really short one that's, that's more recent. And it was last year at the Hunger Walk Eucharist. I think it was last year. And if y'all were there, then y'all might remember this. But I let Clayton and I, so Clayton Harrington is our liturgist. He's our campus commissioner at UGA. He's sitting somewhere in his car listening to this. And now like, oh, why did you have to mention my full name? (laughs) um, Then he's going to switch back to Adventure Zone. Yeah. So we... We, so we always go through the music, and we talked about um, Walk by Faith, and there's this weird thing with Walk by Faith where, and maybe it's just me, no, it's not just me, I've seen other people do it too, where we there's this tendency to start on the wrong, to mm. come in on the wrong, um, to come in on the wrong key. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're shaking your heads, you've seen it happen, where you got to hold that note to get to the right key, like for the first chord of the song, and so we came in. And we talked about it, and I was like, yeah, but Hunger Walk, like Walk by Faith, makes a lot of sense. So it's the opening song, the Bishop writes mm. there, mm. and we come in super low, and we're about 30 seconds in, and I'm like, we're doing it. We're <laughs> you are committed we're to committed. the we're vision. We're committed, we're doing it, and Bishop goes, stop, <laughs> stop, stop. Like, no. uh, typical, like, that's what he does. Mm-hmm. You know? He's like, no, yep. we're not going to roll with this. Um, and so we did it again, and... It was fine, but it was hilarious. So, yeah. Yeah. Just a short one. I've been in services where he's done that, too, where the singing wasn't good, yeah. and he just says, stop, let's start again. <laughs> but it's so refreshing because it's like, yeah, that it, that wasn't working. Let's try to get it right you right here what? in the moment. I've never messed up Walk by Faith since then. It's because yeah. it starts on an A minor. Yeah. yeah. It doesn't start on, yeah, whatever, right. And it doesn't finish on a chord that is appeasing to it's wrap a up. funky one. Yeah. But that's why, that's why you have to get a little country with it and be like, well. And like, if you start off like that, then, then you always come in correct because in country music, you can do whatever you want, right? True. Ashley, you know. I do love country music, actually. It restores my faith in humanity. Oh. Ah. Yeah. What's your favorite country song? Hard pass. Oh, I don't know what my favorite. Um, Anything by Florida Georgia Line? No, not that (laughs) kind of country. Real country. (laughs) Let's wrap it up. Uh, Thank you for listening. Wait a minute. Are we doing or wrap it up or country it up? We're going to do wrap it up. Oh. Because my country accent apparently makes my wife cringe. (laughs) It does. Um, Outcast is my favorite. Oh. Okay. Thanks for listening to another episode of Episcopal Youth Ministry and ATL. If you like what you heard, don't forget to follow us on social media and give us a review. We like hearing uh, if there are any topics that you'd like us to talk about or if you just found something interesting in your episode. Our prayer is that uh, you'll be more comfortable with those failures and learn how to move on from them and maybe realize that they weren't so huge of a deal and that things will end up better in the long run. Ashley, will you close us in prayer? It's always me. Yes, gladly. Well, you because you wore your collar. <clears throat> the Lord be today. with you. <laughs> and also with, with you. you. Let us pray. Gracious God, here we are in your midst, humbled by all of the blessings that you've given us in this life. Be in our hearts and minds as we move through this work of ministry. Help us in our failures and in our successes. Teach us grace and forgiveness with ourselves and with all those with whom we work. We ask this in the name of your Son, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Amen.